Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. We're, we're in an interesting moment, I think, in the relationship between the state and people of, of faith, and in particular, the left's approach to these issues. Mark Hemingway has a terrific piece in the current issue, or uh, uh, I think it's the current issue of the Weekly Standard. It's on, up on the website. Uh, Mark, thanks for your time. Is it in the magazine, or is it uh, up at uh, weeklystandard.com? Uh, it's actually uh, just a blog item, um, but uh, I'm going to be working on a piece for the magazine next week. It's, a ter- it's not a terrific story. It's actually a horrifying story. Tell us about what the New York City Human Rights Commission is up to. Well, um, uh, th- what happened was is, is um, in, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, there's a Hasidic Jewish community, and it's kind of interesting because, as you probably know, Williamsburg, Brooklyn is considered one of the, you know, the, the hippest, most progressive neighborhoods right. in America. And the fact that it houses this very traditional Hasidic Orthodox Jewish community has been a source of tension for a little bit. Um, and what happened was, is some time ago, um, uh, a handful of stores uh, in, the, in the Hasidic community posted um, a, a signs indicating a dress code for their store. Um, and they said no shorts, um, no barefoot, no sleeveless, no low-cut neckline allowed in the store. And... Uh, um, the New York City Human Rights Commission determined that this was discriminatory and, of course, immediately hauled um, these business owners before um, the Human Rights uh, Administrative Courts, uh, which threatened pretty significant fines, uh, right. you know, can basically ruin your life. Um, and bear in mind, these are not like actual courts of law where you're defending your First Amendment rights here. Um, these are you know, Mickey Mouse administrative proceedings that they can drag out forever and just assess these, you know, puny fines um, and, and really go out of the way to ruin your life, even though, you know, they may be guilty of violating basic, you know, constitutional rights. Uh, so the uh, this case has been going on for a while. My understanding is from your article that the Human Rights Commission has had two bites at this apple? Yeah, this is actually, well, here, I have some, some, some breaking news here for ah. you. I don't know if this has even got out there uh, um, yet, but uh, two hours ago, the Human Rights Commission uh, in New York dis, um, dismissed and or settled the case. Really? It looks like against them. Yeah, and, and um, um, Jewish blogs in New York are, are citing my article, and I hope it did, did something to, to help. But I'll explain this in a little more detail here. Um, what happened was is they tried to sue these store owners for discrimination, and it was fascinating, their argument. Um, when they first brought it before uh, the, the administrative court in New York, an administrative law judge, what they tried to say is, is, is they weren't disputing the fact that there was no problem with having a dress code because, um, unbelievably, <laughs> you know, courtrooms have dress codes, you know, that are, say, things equivalent to what uh, the, the store owners were saying here in Brooklyn. And, of course, country clubs and fancy restaurants have dress codes. So nobody disputes that having a dress code for a private establishment or a courtroom is in any way offensive. What the Human Rights Commission said was offensive was that they said it was perfectly acceptable to have a dress code in the ca- if you wanted to maintain some sort of decorum or, you know, as a matter of good taste. Mm-hmm. What they said was particularly offensive about this dress code is, is the speculation that it might have been voted by, it might have been motivated by the fact that these um, Hasidic Jews, uh, you know, have religious values promoting modesty. So they right. said that this dress code was them trying to enforce their religion on other people. So, so maybe, even I, though, I want to make sure I understand this. So you have a dress code in a restaurant, and that's fine. You have a dress code in a courtroom, that's fine, because there's no religious, they believe, motivation. But if religion is your motivation, suddenly that same dress code becomes hate, because it's been exactly. touched by religion. That is exactly right. So religion equals hate. Yes, pretty much. Wow. Uh, and um, 
the administrative judge, when they brought that before, um, when the Human Rights Commission brought that before the judge last summer, um, just dismissed it out of hand, said that that's an absurd argument um, and ridiculous. But he gave them another bite of the apple. He said the only way that this can be proven as discriminatory is if you can prove that this is some sort of, like, coded shibboleth to encourage, um, you know, people who are not, you know, right. part of the Orthodox Jewish community from shopping at these stores. Um, so they went back to the drawing board, and they basically tried to do an end around and to try and prove the same argument by commissioning a survey of 600 people in Brooklyn about whether or not they found this sign <laughs> offensive or discriminatory. <laughs> and there are all kinds of dubious methodological problems with the survey. You know, you can you know design these surveys to sure. to spit out the results of whatever you right. want. Um, and even then, it wasn't a slam dunk. I mean, pluralities of of people in their survey said that they were, they didn't find anything religiously dis- discriminating about this this dress code. Um, they got some higher percentages of people that said that it was it was offensive on a uh, um, on, as a matter of gender. I assume that's a reference to the, the low cut neckline. But the people defending the um, the, the Jewish community, um, the lawyers defending them, of course, commissioned their own survey and found you know the exact opposite. Where people, some like eighty seven percent of people said they were in no way offended by this. So the the idea of the survey was you know really absurd to begin with. But here's where it gets crazy. They didn't offer any sort of um, expert witness to testify to the scientific credibility of the survey, which in, in a real court of law may, not even, may have even made the survey um, you know, impermissible sure. as evidence. Um, but instead what they did is they plucked at random, um, and uh, um, they plucked at random one of the people they'd sur- one of the 600 people they'd surveyed to testify to the um, offensiveness of the sign. <laughs> well, it turns out the witness that they selected is a public school teacher in Brooklyn who uh, had previously been arrested as part of an Occupy Wall Street protest. Oh, that's good. And in, in, in keeping with his left-wing political views, his Facebook stuff was littered with anti-Israel messages. He had posted maps of uh, you know Palestine saying that the, Jew, that the Jews were responsible sure. for the biggest robbery of land in the world. Uh, he repeatedly accused the Jew, of Israel of practicing apartheid. He posted photos of, um, you know, dead children accusing the Israel of killing children. He, you know, said that you know Israel was responsible for you know xenophobia and assassinating you know Muslim children. And this was um, the character on on. witness on behalf of the survey. This was the star witness <laughs> for the Human Rights Commission. Uh, in, in their attempt to prove that the Orthodox Jews were um, acting in a discriminatory fashion. I want to go back to the original premise of the conversation. We had the Duck Dynasty guy, and whatever you think of his opinions, his opinions were pretty much those of a millions and millions of uh, practicing evangelical Christians. He didn't go out of his way to be mean-spirited about it. He just shared their, their theological views, and that theology uh-huh. was declared hate by the people who are protesting. You have uh, uh, the Catholics who are told it doesn't matter how you feel about birth control or abortifacient drugs or sterilization. Simply by opposing Obamacare, you are feeding into the hate because you're not willing to give up your religious views for this. Uh, and then, of course, you have this story. You have others like it where in, in speech, there, there, there are places where, you know, as you mentioned, you know, simply standing up for traditional views of, of uh, marriage uh, Governor Cuomo will say, you're so extreme, we don't want you in New York. Uh, is, mm-hmm. is, is religion kind of a shorthand for the left for intolerant hater? 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's absolutely the case. Um, you know, the, the, so the, these human rights commissions have been really been the, the tip of the spear here in recent years mm-hmm. in a way where they're, they're trying to drive any sort of, you know, politically incorrect or I don't even, liberal or, or what liberals consider, you know, um, in politic notions out of the conversation. And you see them just routinely applying absolute double standards. There's a case going on right now in Kentucky involving the local Human Rights Commission there, where they have, again, dragooned a local business owner before one of these Human Rights Commissions. In this case, um, the guy owns a, you know, a T-shirt um, and, and printing business. Okay. And he is a Christian, and he, he was asked to print up T-shirts for a, a gay rights event. And he refused to do it, you know, exciting. It was against his, you know, moral sure. beliefs to do it. Now, of course, he's not acting in a discriminatory fashion. He doesn't turn down, um, you know, gay customers at all. In fact, he right. says he, in fact, he has gay employees. Um, he just says, I object to this specific message. Sure. And um, so not only is he being dragooned before this court because he, won't, he owns a printing press and when can't be and is insisting that he shouldn't be compelled to print things that he right. disagrees with, but when, when a journalist asked the head of the local Human Rights Commission elected in Kentucky about this, about the double standard, they, they, they asked the, the head of the commission specifically, what would happen if a gay business owner was asked to print, say, a Bible verse about sure. homosexuality that he disagrees with? And the, um, the head of the Human Rights Commission said, oh, that would be perfectly fine. And the reason why is because, you know, according to local law, you know, gays are a protected class of people, whereas Christians are not. Right. And the fact that they can't understand the chilling effect here, um, you know, and then the double standard and, and the problems that arise from the government dictating what people speak and say and, um, you know, are forced to print, um, ju- you know, just speaks volumes about, um, you know, the, the respect for, you know, basic freedoms here. And, and, you're and, absolutely and, right, Mark. I really appreciate it. We're just out of time. But thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. Thanks so much. Mark Hemingway with the Weekly Standard. I am Michael Graham.